Hello, and welcome to The Alt-Left. Welcome back, everybody, to The Alt-Left. This is episode 32. I am your host, Chris. With me, as always, is Matthew Jumbo Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. And the somewhat good Reverend Dr. K. Why am I only somewhat good? Oh, and... Good evening, everyone. <laughs> we don't have enough time to go. That's going to be a podcast all to itself. Why is the Reverend Doctor only somewhat good? Fair enough. <laughs> um, today, we're going to be talking about political parties. Now, we're not going to be talking about what they are or why they're here or if they suck or if they don't. We actually did kind of a podcast on that. It's definitely a topic we'll probably eventually revisit. I would like to eventually do a discussion on the things destroying democracy in the West. Uh, but that's not going to be today. Today's going to be kind of a quick flash in the pan, get to know your parties, the big ones, the big movers and shakers and players out there. Obviously, there are two main parties that everyone cares about and 700 parties that nobody else does. And we're going to be kind of covering our top five or six. And we will eventually do some deep dives. Uh, we would like to do an episode coming up in the future uh, where it's kind of a get to know the parties that aren't the DNC and, and, um, GOP. and, and fascists, GOP, sure, whatever. But we haven't done that yet, and that's not what this is going to be. These are going to be quick and dirty, so before you hop on the keyboard and send us uh, angry emails about that we didn't do enough information on your favorite minor party, that's coming down the pipeline. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. I would actually like them to send us angry emails. Yeah. Okay, well, send them all to Reverend Dr. K, because I have no interest in reading your angry emails. I don't even like reading happy emails. I get too many emails. That's thealtleftpodcast at gmail.com. Thealtleftpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your angry email. Yeah, address them to Kay. For your happy emails, address them to Matt. Address no emails to Chris. So the first one we want to kick off with, uh, after a vigorous game of rock, paper, scissors that yours truly lost, is the Green Party. Uh, Green Party was, Scott, did you have any info on that one, Matt? That was founded not that long ago. I know Ralph Nader was one of the big early proponents of it, and it was really about environmentalism and safety. You know, a lot of it had to do with industrial, um, not industrial, but, you know, industrial and economic um, liability and responsibility. And that went a lot of it to environmental issues, which, of course, is why it's called that. Now, they've spread their their term, but they're, they're now far more of a heavy liberal party. Uh, they're really big on peace, uh, anti-war. You know, they, they, they definitely want to see an end to like the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. They want to see an end to all Middle East conflicts. They're big into women's rights, human rights. Um, they are a gay-friendly party. They believe in uh, civil rights with voting. And But again, they still keep on their platform uh, their original mission of major environmental justice, uh, economic justice, uh, social safety nets like welfare, and also criminal justice reform. And again... They have a huge zero waste, clean air, uh, greenhouse effect platform. Uh, they're big proponents of the Green New Deal, yep. uh, and they love them some AOC. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. You know, and I think overall, if you're a progressive, just based on the platform alone, I think if most progressives were aware of it, they'd be voting Green Party. But there's also, we've discussed, we've got the dogma related to like, you know, everybody's just raised on DNR. And so, but I think, I do think a lot of their party platforms, not so much the people running in their party, but the platform specifically is very progressive in, in what they advocate for. I don't know. What do you think about that, Chris? So I would put them somewhere in between liberal and progressive because it's like, 
okay, they're extremely progressive by American standards. And and Matt, you've got a very fair point is that you're calling them progressive because they are an American political party. Globally, I would put them as a liberal party. Uh, but you're right. For American politics, they're, they, you're right. They're, they're solidly in the progressive camp. And that's what I was more speaking of. And it, yeah. it, you, you, you are 100% correct. But I think unless we qualify it, I think it's a, a standard assumption when we're talking about parties, political leanings. We're a U.S.-based podcast. We're talking about U.S. politics mostly. We're talking in the context of the U.S., um, and that's what I was doing. So, Oh, 100% agreed. I don't think you were alluding to anything differently. My mind tends to go elsewhere, and then once I started speaking, uh, which is pretty much how my life works, I kind of realized how dumb the thing I'm sounding is, and then I hotly <laughs> retract it and say that Matt was right all along. So, uh, yeah, I would say for American politics, they are solidly in the progressive party. This is, you know, AOC calls herself a Democrat. I would definitely put her in the Green Party platform. I would think that's where she really belongs. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, like I said, I think if there wasn't this just cult-like obsession with two-party system in the United States, a lot of progressives would, would... because I, I think most of that I've talked to, I don't know, you, you you might be more on the streets with this, Chris, so I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but most of them aren't really even aware of the party platform itself. Like many of them know of the Green Party. Very few that I've met know what it stands for, what they're about, what they're advocating for. Um, the biggest hit I think they've ever taken was, I can't remember, it was during the first election with Trump. What was her name that ran on the Green Party? It was the doctor. Jill Stein. Jill Stein. That's it. Thank you, Kate. I think like there was some traction when uh, uh, she was running because well, she, she was- had a. She, I gotta, I gotta give Jill Stein credit. I don't agree with her with everything. Um, she had some. I gotta tell you, she had some alarming pullbacks because of the pharmaceutical industry with being anti-vax. Vax. Yep, and that, that that's would have been exactly what I was getting into. Is I, she- I think she shot herself in the foot. Pretty well, with she that. did. She pandered. She pandered, and she yep. lost because. Well, not she didn't lose because of it, but she lost a lot of ground because of it. Well, and, and the long and the short of it, for those of you that aren't aware, is Jill Stein was actually making quite a bit of headway during that race, and she was kind of becoming a more. She was getting elevated. I'm not going to say like she had a chance of winning because that's not true, but for a Green Party candidate, she was getting almost, if not more, play than like a Libertarian candidate would. And I, I actually voted. for for her um, so because she was the only candidate who went, she was the only politician who gave a shit about Standing Rock. Yeah. She actually went to Standing Rock and fought the Dakota Access Pipeline. Yep. And that that alone, regardless of she's not anti-vax, she made a elusive statement when she was called on it because she didn't want to alienate the nut jobs yeah. that were voting for and, her. And that's kind of the part one with the party is, is they, these are liberal progressives. These are a lot of people sitting on their toilets and their smartphones, learning about vac- vaccines, causing autism. That's, exactly. that's what's what they believe. And just like, you know, we had Trump this week talking about what a great job Hitler did. Oh, it's geez. the same thing. I don't even think Trump knows who Hitler is. He's a fucking moron, but he's pandering to his fascist base. And that's what Jill Stein was doing is she was trying. She was like, Oh shit, I have to make a statement now and I'm going to lose half my support either way. And so she was like, oh, I don't know. There's room for all of you. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. Yeah. She, and she didn't, she, and it's like you said, Chris, she is not anti-vax. And I think what happened too is it wasn't just that she made a pandering statement. She made several pandering statements 
Uh, and then she was questioned about them. It wasn't like she was doing this on the campaign trail. She had already done this because that's her base. And then when she started getting elevated to more attention, people shine a big fat spotlight on that. And of course, nobody is going to want to vote. Like nobody in the mainstream is going to vote for an anti-vax president. I fucking hope. Mm, that's not true at all. Half the Republican Party's anti-vax. I, I, I meant of potential voters for her, not not the Republican like. Republican Party wouldn't vote for a Democrat even if they were anti-vax. Like I mean, the point the point I'm trying to make is is she was going to pull her base from the leftists, and mm, and fair. the and the average leftist is not going to vote for an anti-vaxer because while a lot of them exist here, there's plenty of them on the right too for various reasons. And I would say more leftists are pro-vaccine, yeah, it, but it, actually it, a true. lot there is a huge anti-vax contingent on the left. Oh it's, yeah. I mean, I've literally lost friends who are hippies who were like, no, the masks are giving you COVID and you yep. shouldn't cover it up. And and they buy into the same microchip bullshit. Pharmaceuticals are bad. And yep. it's like, you know, GMOs are the devil. And it's like, mm, you know, some GMO companies are the devil. But one day we're going to make apples the size of Studebakers and it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. You, you clearly don't understand science. Exactly. Because you've clearly never eaten a piece of corn then. But, and, but we so, are yeah. way off topic. Yeah, but so anyway, what happened was is is she got called out for this, and rather than be like, no, vaccines are safe, and actually take the hard stance that she should have taken as both a medical professional and a person that believes in science, she didn't. She made this wish. She kept doubling down on this wishy washy thing, and then everybody that would like that was the big argument I heard from liberals is, Oh, she's anti-vax. Oh, she's anti-vax. What? And that was the big thing that I think kind of tanked her campaign is all the controversy surrounding her stance on vaccines. It, it's, it certainly didn't help it. That's for sure. Yeah. Unwillingness to take a stand one way or the other definitely didn't do her any good. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's the thing is I don't need a candidate who's who, not only one who just refuses to say that vaccines are bad. I need a candidate who will actually say that's fucking hokum. And vaccines are good. And yeah. if a candidate does not say vaccines are good, they're anti-science and I don't want them making decisions for me. Yeah. And I think that's why the Green Party has taken such a big hit is because now they've got that anti-vaxxers. I mean, it, it's true. It's 100% legitimate. Uh, they also they also they lack leadership. I mean, true. that's the thing is that the Green Party came to prominence because of Ralph Nader. And you don't have to like Ralph Nader, but Ralph Nader gave a damn. Um, and he was charismatic enough that he led people. He was not terrific uh, by any means, but he was a good person to head the party. And I think when you know he he was the Green Party. And so I think when he left, they were floundering. They found Jill Stein. She got the press they needed. But at the end of the day, I think had that been any of the party, it would have been fine. It's that the Green Party, again, this isn't DNC, this isn't GOP. This is a third party. Jill Stein was arrested and falsely imprisoned and handcuffed to a chair for trying to attend the presidential debate. I we had a that. candidate, a popular candidate, who was on the verge of getting a minority vote. Yeah, she she got uh, 1.07% of the 2016. In the end, but she was votes. projecting just shy of five at the time. Yep. Yeah, true. and... And so she received almost half a million votes, which for a great, for a third party candidate is a lot. But pre the vaccine debacle and pre her not being on the stage, 
she was really trending again. There was something like she was projected a lot of times, like 4% at the time. And so she showed up to the debate because she was a viable third party and she wasn't even talked about. She wasn't even denied. She was literally grabbed, taken away by security and actually handcuffed to a chair. That is the lengths the DNC and GOP will go to keep a third party. And that's why when I say we're yeah. obsessed with this two party candidate, when you Matt says that I disagree because I don't think that's the issue. I think we have two oligarch parties who refuse to let anybody else play oh, ball. And they I- absolutely keep a stranglehold on, uh, on it on purpose. They have no interest in having a third party have any power and any, uh, appreciable amount of, of, uh, subtraction no. of votes from their base. And as we'll discuss, the, the 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 Democratic and Republican Party have one thing each going for them, and that's the other one. Yeah. The greatest thing to happen to the DNC is the GOP and vice versa. They get votes by saying, at least I'm not that fucking guy. Yep. And as soon as that goes away, both those parties are useless. And, and we'll be touching on them later. But that that's the Green Party in a nutshell. The next party is very similar. Uh, we'll talk about the Peace and Freedom Party. I don't know if you guys really know about this. It is a, yep. it is a, tr- it is a truly socialist party. Yep. Um, I would not say it is super socialist. Uh, it's definitely not the cowards and 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 fraudsters that the Democratic Socialists are, but. Um, they are a workers party. You know, this is a very what if Trotsky didn't mind money kind of party <laughs> like the, the Peace and Freedom Party isn't bad. I actually do support them. I like them. They are anti-war. They're definitely anti-imperialism. They're pro-education. Um, they're pro-civil, you know, actual social justice. I mean, these guys, the Peace and Freedom Party actually advocate to get prisoners out of jail, you know, and she'll get, they see the Green Party. And that's why I, I hesitate to call them truly progressive. Because they don't actually advocate for change. They advocate for si- slight mild reform on generalized trends. Like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if cops were friendly? Or like, that's the kind of <laughs> crap they do. Whereas like the Peace and Freedom Party actually talks about individuals who are wrongfully jailed. And it talks about, and it uses the word socialism a lot. And they talk about really encouraging unions and having worker-owned rights. And they're not afraid to say the word Karl Marx. And so they're, they tread with their toes in the water into socialism, but they are. And they're, um, and one thing I like about them is they're an outspoken feminist party as well. Uh, so then the next party that uh, I do know a little bit about is the Democratic Socialists, which is basically like the Bernie Sanders party, you know, <laughs> kind of. It's the party that wishes Bernie Sanders liked them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is, I am sorry, there is no more. You you, you want to talk about a rich white lady wearing a pussy hat pretending to give a shit about something? That is the Democratic Socialists of America. They are <laughs> a garbage party. And if anybody who's listening, which there actually probably will be some because our listeners are leftists. If you're involved with the Democratic Socialists of America and you think you're doing a good thing because there's a little white flower above a black and white hand holding hands and that gives you the warm and fuzzies, this is not a leftist party. This is a party of reform. This is this is everything the Democratic Party wishes they were. Like they're 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 left of the DNC, but that's it. You know, if the Green Party is what AOC truly believes in, the Democratic Socialists are what AOC actually is able to pull off. It's grandstanding, and it, and, and again, I, I have a personal hatred for them only because of my history of activism and seeing them 
at things. No one is is happier to swoop in, get a great photo op, and then take off before there's any tear gas or problems than the Democratic Socialists. It is a f- group of photo opting cowards who wave signs, and they come with beautiful signs that are all look alike, and and they and they pass them out to everybody to make their numbers look really big. I mean, at, at multiple occasions, I have literally gone to rallies where we're, we're counter-protesting Nazis, and they will push their way to the front, stop, shove everyone aside, take photos, and then bounce before they ever act to, actually have to do anything. So no, the Democratic Socialists of America pretend to be progressive, and that's all they are. They are liberals pretending they're progressives. Put your pussy back on, hat go on, go fucking home. I have yeah. no respect for the Democratic Socialists. And if you're listening to this podcast, get away. There are go go look at the Green Party, go look at Peace and Freedom, and especially go look at the party I will next recommend, which is the PSL. But the Democratic Socialists have nothing for you. The, the Democrats have have a better hand at actually accomplishing things and standing for what they believe in more than I don't even know if there, if, if a fart and a mitten was a party, it'd be the democratic socialists of America. Yeah. So with all that said, <laughs> thank you for that, Chris. Uh, but no, I, but it's good. We're all allowed to hate here. You guys let me hate on Ted Cruz. You can hate on the democratic socialist party. All you want, Chris, this is your party. This is your thing to hate. And I applaud you, sir. Uh, everyone should hate them, though, yeah. because they stand for nothing. They are photo opportunists. These are Instagram girlfriends of politics. Well, yeah, just to kind of – I do have something that I, I, I'll, I'll add to that. It's not exactly about the party, but one thing I do want to let our listeners know is that on the left, in my opinion, I think in terms of how we fix this country, you can boil people on the left to two different types, reformists and revolutionaries. Like th- that's That's the dividing line. A reformist is, again, like Bernie Sanders, it's somebody who believes that yeah. you can go in and change the system from within, that you yeah. can work within the system to affect change and eventually everything will work out fine. Or, or even from without, because there are plenty of reformists who think that we need to com- like fire every single senator and restart. Like That is yeah. that is a harsh reform, but even even they think of uh, – but they want the system to not disappear. Yeah. They want the system to be changed, and a revolutionary wants the system to be replaced. Exactly. And Chris being – Chris is a revolutionary. How the, dare you, sir? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the system is great and everyone should keep the status quo and keep God in the Pledge of Allegiance as we stand upon stolen land and, and think we're great. That is absolutely something you've said over and over again on this show. All the time. That's my yep. platform. Yep, absolutely. And so, Checkmate but liberals. by nature of that, it, it is very hard. And I think it's happening more and more within with in the spectrum of leftists. It's becoming harder and harder for those two positions to agree because they're fundamentally opposite of each other. Well, yeah. Reformists by nature believe in the system and believe in its power. Whether or not they like the way it is in its current form is irrelevant. They believe that the system is good and can work. And as long as we just make enough changes and, and tweaks to it, we can get everything right. Revolutionaries think that's bullshit. The system hasn't worked, will never work, can never work. We need to tear it down and start from the beginning again. And Amen. so that's one of the things I wanted to draw a distinction to because you did mention uh, re- reforming. So I want our listeners to be aware of what you're talking about. With, and I'm sure plenty of them are. But for those that aren't, just making that clarification. I, I liked hearing you say that. I'm not going to lie. That little last bit about, about changing the system, that was that was hot. <laughs> that, was, that was hot. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You know, once upon a time when I was in my 20s, I used to hear people tell me that the older I get, the more right I get. Well, 
In my 20s, I was pretty liberal. Now I'm pretty fucking left. And I'm like, I'm closer to Chris than I am to like my parents now. So like. (laughs) Hail Satan. (laughs) But anyway, uh, the next one on the list that Chris was mentioning was the PSL. And this is the, I would say, probably biggest of all the communist parties here in the U.S. Um, I, yeah, I, biggest is, is a relative Wait, term. First because, of all, tell us what PSL stands for. Yeah. The PSL is the party for socialism and liberation. Thank you. And no, it's fair. And, and, and they arose from the answer coalition. They and the answer coalition grew up together and it was mostly in response to the Bush era. And the PSL is a large nationwide, truly socialist organization. I definitely, you know, you can check out their website at PSLweb.org. I am not trying to plug them. Uh, I am in no way a spokesman for the PSL or anything like that. However, I find them to be the only party worth voting for. Uh, I actually voted for their candidate in the last election uh, because I don't vote for rapists. So that got rid of Biden and Trump. And so, and I don't for capitalists either. So two for two. So I voted for Gloria Lariva, who is their candidate, who has run under a lot of different banners. And she's amazing. If you, if you want to look into a presidential candidate who actually is on the right side of history and has some amazing shit to say, look up Gloria Lariva. She's fantastic. And she ran with the PSL, has run for a long time. Um, I did get a chance to meet her once. Uh, I mean, from 10 feet away, I kind of waved at her and said hi. (laughs) But the PSL has consistently and unflinchingly stood on the right side of every single issue. They are pro-worker. They are actually socialist. They're not the democratic socialists where they wave a white little rose and a little, you know, two colored hands and think they're really cool. No, no, they're actually socialists. They're not reformists like the Green Party. They are revolutionary and they actually want to see a change to socialism and they support everyone, not just Americans. Okay. I, I, I just, as we're talking, I pulled up their website here and it's like the third thing on their website is Indonesian trade unions. Like they are global and they give a shit about workers around the world. This is the only American party I've seen that actually is globally socialist, even though they're American and truly believes in class consciousness. And you don't have to like that. You don't have to think socialism is great. Maybe you're a capitalist, maybe you're whatever. But at least they practice what they fucking preach. And that is a big problem for leftist parties uh, is practicing. It's really it's a problem for all parties, as we'll find out. But a lot of liberal leftist parties do not actually stand for what they say they stand for, especially when times get hard. Yeah. As soon as shit hits the fan, scruples are out the window. And then you get people like Obama coming out and saying we shouldn't be putting people through purity tests like that's the thing it's they come out after the fact and say no you know all those things that you're voting for us no we don't need to meet all those standards we just need to beat the republicans and and, and it's at that point that all those go out the window yeah because you can love obama all you want but obama is a centrist and a democrat yep first and foremost and i do apologize for that i said communist and i do always often fall into that trap of linking communism and socialism together. Uh, communism and socialism are linked. That's, that's not wrong. They're different. I, I'm using them interchangeably, which I shouldn't be doing. And that's the thing. And I don't do it derogatorily. I don't do it uh, out of spider or intent. It's just because 
I've only in the last few years come to understand that there are, there are significant differences between them, which we'll be discussing on a future episode. And uh, I did want to say, you know, you're right. They yes. believe the end goal should be communism, but they are socialist in the way that we get in the, in the way they get there. And that you can't go from from capitalism to communism. You need socialism. You need that change to happen over. That's kind of, of what happened. That's was yeah. part of the reasons why it didn't take hold in Russia. Right. Isn't that what they try to do? No, Russia was socialist. I mean, the USSR is the United Social is the United Soviet Socialist Republic. No, oh, all right. That's what it stands for. Am I mixing that up with another country? I thought we had a conversation no, because, about this beforehand. Because they they followed communist ideology, and they consider the party was a communist party that was the head of of Russia. Gotcha. That's Correct. where I'm confusing it. Okay, but that's and in the 1950s, they gave everybody in the United States this complex against communism. Yes, yeah. because it was the big fight against communism, um, which was not really what they were fighting against. Yeah, it's kind of like it's like saying you're trying to you're, you're fundraising and you're 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 building. Let's say you're building a building, right? You're the Amish are raising a barn. Uh, socialism is the barn raising. Communism is the barn. Gotcha. Uh, one leads to the mm-hmm. other, and so and be, and for that reason. It's not just you or non-socialists that have them mixed up. Socialists mix that up. Communists mix that up. Like, I am a communist, but that means I strive for socialism because socialism is the governance. Socialism is the economic practice and the governance. Co- true, actual communism is the elimination of the state and the elimination of currency. It has never existed. The closest thing, again, really is the Amish is the only thing I can even think of that comes close to that. You have to eliminate the state. It's actually communists and anarchists want the same thing. Communists are just realists. Um, (laughs) And so they recognize you can't have 7 billion people on the fucking planet and have everyone just, you know, farming corn in their own little collective, which is nice. And if there was 10 million people around the planet, you could totally work that. There's too many fucking people. We need a bureaucracy. Um, And that's where socialism comes in. But socialism is the distribution of wealth and goods, the the communal mean ownership of the means of production. Um, And that's where that term Soviet comes from is a Soviet, a Soviet is a noun. A Soviet is a collection of people. So like when they would liberate a factory, the factory would, wherever you work, think of your workplace, right? Let's say you work at Burger King and the workers seize Burger King. Let's say it's, you know, small and independent restaurant, not Burger King, but whatever, the burger stand. That you acting as a union and taking over and kicking out management and running it yourself and making decisions, you have become a Soviet. That's what that means. And so the USSR was the union of of Soviet socialist republics, much like the United States. It was the same kind of unified idea. So it's not wrong to interchange them. It happens all the time. You're not going to say that and someone's good. Some tanky's going to come out swinging a hammer going, how fucking dare you? Like, we do it all the time ourselves. Yeah. So you're fine. No, and, and again, but it's important to make the distinction. It is. And it's good to try to be mindful of it, but it's a mistake everyone makes, no matter how far left you are. So anyway, that's the PSL. I recommend anyone who's a hardcore leftist look into them. Uh, they're small, but they are mighty. They are nationwide. They actually run presidential candidates on the main ticket. You can vote for PSL candidates. Uh, Gloria Lariva was one this last election. And they're great. And if you care about voting for someone who won't win, but putting your vote towards something good, I recommend them. Go. Now, the next one, and again, there's a million <laughs> other parties. Yeah. But again, we're not going with all of them, and we will do some deep dives in some of them. Again, you know, this podcast needs to not be seven hours long. Yeah. 
And most of them are repeats, though, too. That's the thing. It's like there's like five parties that are dedicated solely to marijuana legalization. And then there's actually official white supremacist parties at the American Freedom Party. Like their goal is stated is white supremacy. And so but like, I mean, their membership is so low and they don't really put anybody up that, that has any kind of chance of getting any votes. Well, not just that. It's what are they out doing? And yeah. the, the political parties, a lot of things. Yeah, they do much. But let's talk about the Veruca Salt Party. <laughs> the Libertarians. Ooh. Mine. Oh. I want it because I'm special and I'm white. And to be fair, there's <laughs> there's one thing I will say before we get into this, and I want everyone to go in with it. Libertarians are as varied as any other group. And just like with us, where we spend more time arguing with other leftists than we do with Republicans, libertarians spend more time arguing with other libertarians than they do other any other group. That being yes. said, but you have a ninety percent chance of finding a racist stoner white person if you're looking at a libertarian. Exactly, and, and I, but I wanted to preface that we know this because the first thing any libertarian that's listening, because I know we've got a few, is going to be like, "Well, that's not all libertarians. This is what I think," and it's it's a like it's. It's kind of like anybody that is like fed up with like the Democrats and the Republicans pretty equally, but like thinks all the other parties are stupid and considers themselves to be an intellectual superior. They like to go libertarian. Here's the thing. The libertarians on their site, if you actually look up the libertarian website. Oh, yeah. But when you just go into what their their platform is, the very first sentence in their (laughs) preamble sums them up perfectly. Oh, yeah. As libertarians, we seek a world of liberty, a world in which all individuals are sovereign over their own lives. And here's the kicker, boys, are not forced to sacrifice their values for the benefit of others. I mean, the literally opening sentence is like, we believe you shouldn't have to give a fuck about anybody else. Well, and they color it up. And the thing is, is the way it's worded, it sounds really nice on the surface. It's like, yeah, you know, I can live my, it's, it's in, it's in uh, bringing up these feelings of like, yes, I can live my life the way I want it to. And yes, that sounds like a good thing. But when you really see how they want to put this into practice, that means that people get to be pedophiles without consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, that means that people can marry two year olds without consequence, you know? Well, yeah, that, that that's just government overreach, buddy. Yeah. That's taking away your personal liberty. I mean, <laughs> if you can't have child brides, are you really free? And not just like that, but like the sale and the creations, uh, sale and distribution of child pornography becomes okay. And real quick, I want to address that with people who might who might argue and detract from that. Okay. People who would say like, well, I'm a libertarian, but I don't believe in child porn. It's like, okay, but then you're not truly a libertarian because a libertarian believes in absolute 100% unfettered freedom of speech. A true libertarian stance is you should have the right to threaten the president. You should have the right to scream fire in a crowded theater. You should have the right to stand in front of a school with no pants on and read Mein Kampf into a microphone. This is the libertarian belief is an unfettered, and unregulated freedom of speech. They say right their 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 three rights are right to life, right to liberty of speech and action, and right to property. And again, they I mean, it, it's not they make sure they announce loudly there is no gray. Their right to liberty of speech and action says accordingly we oppose all attempts, all 
attempts, not some, or unreasonable. Accordingly, we oppose all attempts by government to abridge the freedom of speech and press, as well as government censorship in any form. And this is where you find your pedos hiding in the Libertarian Party. Mm -hmm. And everyone, not a, again, it's kind of like cops, right? Not every cop is a racist. Not every cop is a, is a murderer. No, it's a small minority. The problem is they don't do anything about the racist murderers in their ranks. And it's the same thing. Not every libertarian's a pedophile, but every libertarian's a pedophile apologist. It's taking the whole, oh, I don't agree with what you say, but I'll defend the death, you're right to say it, line to to the to the logical conclusion of that like and that's the thing is like it's one of those lines that sounds really good on the surface and then you realize how people are going to apply it if given the chance and you realize oh shit this is a bad idea you know yeah i mean it's an example of adam yes we support full freedom of expression and oppose government censorship regulation or control of communications media and technology I mean, again, they're not saying mostly or we generally oppose or we oppose all common principles or with the exception of those that harm others. Like, nope, it's just we generally oppose any government regulation. There are certain crimes in this world that I think you don't have to believe in it or be doing it. But if you're going to join and be a part of the same group as the guy that is doesn't really matter at that point. That's kind of the same argument that I think Chris makes a lot of times with, with cops. It's like, no, not all cops are racist and, and killing uh, minorities, but a lot of them are staying silent when it's happening. They're enabling well, and it. And covering for each other. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing. And, and the same thing applies with the Libertarian Party is like, and that's why I preface this the way I did. I don't think everybody that's a Libertarian is a pedophile. I do think most libertarians would argue that the pedophiles rights are valid or claims are valid. Yes. And if you don't, that's fine. That's great. I support that view. Yeah. But then you're a bad libertarian. Yep. That's like saying um, I'm Christian, but I don't really believe in Jesus. And it's like, I mean, look, you, you, I, I fully support your right to not believe in Jesus, but that doesn't make you a very good Christian. Christian, Yeah. By, by definition, if you're calling yourself a Christian, that is anyone that believes in Christ. (laughs) If If you believe that pedophiles and, and, and child porn distributors should be hampered, shut down, arrested, or whatever by the government, then you do not believe in unfettered and total freedom of speech, press, and technology. And you're not a libertarian. And again, it's, it's the same thing. So that's the thing. It's like, you're right. I, I think it's a small minority, but all of them cover for it. And again, it's the same thing. For, you know, Every time we see a cop killing a child or an unarmed black man, I don't see 12 cops doing it usually. Usually you see one cop doing it and 12 cops looking the other way. Not every cop is a racist killer, but every single cop, if you still at this point in time in 2021, wake up and put a badge on, you are complicit in the system. You can't claim ignorance to it. You know what your organization is up to, and therefore you're supporting it. It's the same thing. The libertarians believe in this. And if you stand up and say, I'm a libertarian, well, this is the belief you hold dear. You think child brides are dope. And, and, you know, now, there's a couple things they're on the right side on. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, there, you know, people listening to this might be thinking, well, if, who don't know about libertarians, like, well, then why the hell would anyone join the party? Well, drugs. It's that the thing is, is like, Death penalty. like I said, they've got people that are from 
both right and left sides. And it's because on guns, they're very right. They're very pro gun. If you're like people that believe in gun rights the way that Chris does or, and the way he expressed in our gun rights episode, he would find camaraderie in that belief with libertarians and, and right wingers. Yes, but the, the, oh, real quick, I want to make a correction there. There are no educated leftists who are libertarian. There, You will not find a single person who actually is a leftist leftist I agree. say they're libertarian. I, I, I'm speaking in terms of just the broad spectrum that we're talking about of left and right in this country. And and the reason why people on the left might be drawn to libertarianism to them. Mm. exactly is because they they oppose things like the death penalty and they're 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 pro women's rights and so there are things when you apply well, hold on, hold them. On. the libertarians are not pro women's rights they're pro choice pro choice difference. yeah yeah sorry libertarians yeah. are very anti women yes sorry that's true they're pro choice but again that's one of those tricky things that like it's it's surface level stuff that most people like we've already discussed many times on the on several podcasts. Most people won't take the time to deep dive into this. It's a service level thing. And if you even just reading the uh, the party platform, it's easy to not think about it because they use a lot of colorful words and language that make it sound great, that make it sound like they're just here to preserve everyone's rights and everyone. And that's why I think a lot of centrists get drawn into the party as well. It's because like on the surface is this pseudo intellectual, like the center is the only way to go type of thing. And their platform kind of appeals to that. Because the thing is, yeah, libertarian, I don't, I don't know. I think the libertarian appeals to the person who's fed up with politics. I think the libertarian platform really appeals to two kinds of people. It appeals to, A, the kind of person who looks at the DNC and GOP and gets really fed up with this garbage and goes, fuck it. I'm going with the libertarian party who thinks the whole government sucks. And then it also goes to the crazy mountain men survivalist and or city dwelling white nationalist because the libertarian party says everyone's equal and we shouldn't have any social safety nets any protections of any kind and the government should not be looking out for anyone's interest except your freedom and it's like well yeah no shit so what you have is a whole bunch of cisgendered straight white males who are very upset that their grandfathers had everything given to them. And because they only have 99% of that privilege, they're very mad about that. And they want to see a return to that hundred percent privilege again. That is that, that is who is called to the libertarian party. And I don't have time for either one. Yeah. If you uh, want to remove I, I yourself from the system actually. because you're fed up is fine, but joining the libertarians who simply wish for the absolute most powerful and worst actors in the world, because of, let's say the libertarians won tomorrow. Right. And I don't mean like the even libertarian party. I mean, let's say libertarianism truly won the day, took over the government. Jeff Bezos would be king in a week. It states that those with the most resources, the most power are fit to rule. And if you don't like it, then you should get your own damn resource. That, that Mitt Romney, you know, why don't poor people just buy more money? Garbage. It's that same thing as they they want, you know. Warlords taking over Ethiopia is libertarianism in its truest form. Mad Max is a beautiful rendition of a libertarian hellscape. That is the world where there is absolutely no government regulation, no consequences for actions. It is the Wild West. It is, I can do whatever the fuck I want and no one's allowed to stop me unless they want to do so by force. And that's a, that's a, that's a white male fantasy. I think, and I think you're absolutely right. Those are good descriptors. I would say there's also the third person and there's, and it's the pseudo intellectual. It's the person that 
thinks more about politics and scientific stuff more than the average, but not enough to actually get it or understand it. This is the kind of person that watches anything from Penn and Teller and just jerks off every time Penn speaks. <laughs> That's the kind of person that I would say is the third element there. Because again, He's a compelling spokesman for libertarianism because when you hear him talk, he is very intelligent. He is very charismatic and it is easy to agree with Penn on so many things. Yeah. So many Penn things. Gillette is intelligent, educated, and knows all the right things to say and knows the things to shut the fuck up about. Yep. And so he is, I hear you, he's the used car salesman of libertarianism. He's really good at selling it. He goes on TV and goes, well, this and this and this. And it's like, oh, look, a, another straight, cisgendered, privileged white man who was given everything and is very wealthy and has lots of power and agency in the world suddenly thinks that we should all be left to our own devices. What a fucking surprise. Yep. 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 And you don't see a lot of yeah. people without agency loving libertarianism. Well, and he also does that centrist thing of like being like public friends with some of the worst conservatives out there. But oh, fuck, what is his name? That's going to bug. Here's the, the thing. Does it matter to the conversation? It, it, the point I was trying to make is about how he goes out of his way to do that centrist thing of like, I can be friends and have conversations with people I disagree with. Here's here are these examples. Yeah. But that, and again, that's the usual crap they tend to pull is it's the same thing the Proud Boys did. They were like, we're not racist. Look, a person of color is the head of us. And it's like, oh, great. I'm glad I'm glad you found a tokenist like because Penn Jillette has people who's publicly friends with on the conservative and liberal side proves nothing to me. The substance of his speech is what I care about. And the substance of his speech is fuck everyone who's not me. And that's what the Libertarian Party is. They're a bunch of people who read Atlas Shrugged and go, that's good foreign policy. We should let the wealth rich decide everything. You know, it's a, that's the viewpoint. And that's why it's trash is because it is an elitist colonizer viewpoint that only the people, it, it's a king sitting on the throne going, why doesn't everyone like monarchy? <laughs> no, you're 100% right, but it's the intent and it's it, it's something I see centrists do all the time. You know, a lot of people that that were formerly, you know, leftists and were championing the cause have switched to the centrist under this they bought into this idea that the left has gone crazy and so they've pivoted to the centrist thing and like, you know, there's a, a popular, you know, liberal that that ran a, a YouTube show that still runs a YouTube show. He used to be a liberal and then he ran this show and started talking with conservatives because he wanted to reach across the aisle and a conservative once asked him to name one instance of uh, systemic racism and he couldn't and that was enough to make him think that he was wrong about systemic racism being a thing. You know, and he goes out and he, 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 him and his husband, he's gay, by the way, his name is David something or other, but I don't care about the name at this point, but like he goes out and becomes friends with Ben Shapiro who advocates and, and actively works against gay marriage, but he'll go out to dinner with Ben Shapiro and his wife with him and his husband and act like everything's okay, that he's able to have a meal with a guy who's actively trying to oppress him. It's this weird bullshit as if they're somehow better than everyone because they can talk to their oppressors reasonably. Well, again, it's, it's Ellen DeGeneres sitting next to George W. Bush and not knowing what the problem is. Yeah. And saying, let's all be friends. And it's like, well, yeah, again, it's the same thing because, you know, Penn Jillette is in no danger from Ben Shapiro and his ilk. Penn Jillette is untouchable. The rest of us aren't. You know, I'm really glad that Ellen DeGeneres, when she takes breaks from abusing her staff, can take her private jet to go watch a fucking sports game sitting next to a giant war criminal. 
the point is that we don't have the privilege that Ellen DeGeneres does and that Penn Jillette have and all of these rich assholes do is to just, well, it doesn't affect me. So I'm going and they and they pass it off as this. I'm giving peace a chance and I'm being reasonable and I'm making friends and reaching across the aisle and I care about you. But fuck you. I don't care about your viewpoints. George W. Bush killed over a million Iraqis, thousands of American troops, plunged the nation to debt, stole national welfare from the Middle East. George Bush is a monster, and his dad, too, and reaching across and saying, yeah, but we hugged it out at a fucking football game. Go fuck yourself, Ellen DeGeneres. You, you can sit on an ivory tower and not look at the problems in the world. That doesn't make you in touch with reality and therefore does not make your viewpoint and your olive branch of bullshit any concern of mine. The world is on fire. We are doomed. The UN report came out this year that we literally cannot reverse the climate crisis at this point. We're all fucked. You think the wealthy are going to have a problem with that? No. No, because they can afford air conditioning. And it's that exact same mentality, the same mentality that's saying, like, I don't know, I'll go live on a fucking space station or I'll go fucking live on a private yacht or I'll live on my little island. I don't give a shit. That's the viewpoint of Ellen. The same thing as Ellen DeGeneres hugging it out with George Bush and Penn Jillette hanging out with Ben Shapiro. And what's his name? Dave Rubin. There you go. Dave Rubin, whatever. These assholes do whatever they want to do because they have the ability to. You know, but it, it, it's the guy who's seven feet tall looking at someone who's three feet tall and going, I don't understand why you can't reach that thing on the top shelf. Just means you're not trying hard enough. See, I could do it easy. It's bullshit. You stand upon a crate of of privilege and do not acknowledge the struggle of anyone else. And that's why libertarians are absolute garbage people who belong in the garbage dumpster. And if you vote libertarian and listen to our podcast, uh, I recommend you look into it because you are either not paying attention to what they truly believe in or you're a terrible person. I, I got to actually believe that the majority of people uh, just simply don't understand the entire platform to I, the extent. I know too many libertarians. I, and I, I understand that, but I, I, I think that that happens a lot with a lot of the smaller parties is that people that identify themselves as these things oftentimes simply don't understand the full extent of the party that they're allying themselves with. They like a few small parts of it. That's the extent of their knowledge base of it. That's the core tenets that they believe in personally. And then they ally with them because of that loose affiliation uh, of of ideals, but they don't quite understand the entire party. I mean, maybe, and I'm sure that's true for some people. I actually do not think it is true for the majority of libertarians. I think most uh, and, libertarians and that may be true. are either terrible people or they... They, it's simply a, a protest stance. It's a the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are trash and the whole government sucks, so I'm going libertarian because fuck everyone. And that's a childish viewpoint. You know, and it's a, it's a point of privilege. If you can sit here and say, I'm going to cast my vote for those in power who will fuck over the disenfranchised and the underrepresented and the oppressed. You know, when people tell me like, oh, I don't really pay attention to politics. It's too confusing for me. I don't like it. It aggravates me. I, I don't I don't I don't do politics. It's like, well, great. That, that's a privileged stance because that means nothing's wrong for you. That means nothing's happening to you. That means you have no skin in this game. And here's the thing. I don't have it any skin in this does. game. 
again, cisgendered, straight, white male. I, I have no skin in this game. I just have a soul. And so if you can look at this field and be like, not my fucking problem, again, then you're a piece of shit. And if you're like, well, it's just, I don't like dealing with it. Well, great. And, and you know what? A lot of people who get shot by the cops don't want to deal with it. A lot of people who get beaten and tortured for being gay don't want to deal with it. A lot of people who are choosing between keeping the lights on and getting medicine for their children don't want to deal with it. But they fucking have to. And because they're fellow human beings, you should at least find a way in between channel flipping to maybe give a shit and not give political power to those who would take that to further step on step the boot on the necks of those who are underprivileged. I would even go so far as to say that... I think part of the reason you you're seeing more people, not it's not a huge wave, but more people going further left, so to speak, more people willing to adopt ideals from Sanders and, and AOC is because they're, whether they're aware of it or not, are coming to the realization that the system isn't even working for the cisgendered white people anymore. It, it really isn't, you know, and, and again, it's not to say that they have it the exact same as everybody else who's been getting stomped on for the last few years, but it's slowly but surely like poor white people are actually having to struggle for a change. You know what now I poor, mean? Poor white people have always struggled. Poor white people are now starting to recognize that they're struggling. I mean, there, there you go. That's a better way to put it. That's true. Um, th- th- it, that's, that's one of the biggest roots of racism in this nation was rich white people convincing poor white people. They're better off than poor people of color. Yeah. I think all of us even here on some level have experienced something along these lines of what we're screwed and we're realizing that Democrats aren't the saviors they've been promising, you know, us forever. And Republicans, most of us on the left have already known that wasn't the case. But like, just as an example, like, I'll take, you know, my own experience with getting a piece of the American dream, so to speak. Now, I work consistently. I work hard. I'm not a bad employee. I don't just sit on my butt all day making podcasts. I actually go out and and have a job and I work hard. And so the three of you, I went to school because I was told from the time I was little that all I had to do was get a college degree. Didn't matter what, just get a degree and you're going to be okay. Well, I did that and I went to ITT Tech. And yes, in hindsight, that's a stupid fucking choice. But guess what? I graduated from high school in 2002. Nobody knew it was a bad choice back then. Everyone thought it was a great choice. Tons of students did. And because of that, I, I yes, I got a degree. And I've got a bachelor's degree. But guess what? If I want an advanced degree, I have to start from square one again because no no legitimate four-year university is going to accept any of those credits. Yeah. Uh, I've also incurred, uh, it started out with, I think, like $90,000 of debt. I've now got it down to $70,000 of debt. But that debt, I have to pay those student loans off for like the next 30 years. It's inhibiting me buying a house and putting back into the economy. It's because you're not working hard enough. Yeah. It's clearly you're a lazy bum who needs a handout. And, and, and (laughs) that's all it is, is that there can be no one ever taken advantage of. There can be no one who started out who had a problem. And again, there's people who couldn't even get into that. Like there's people, people who can't get into a school. I have, come from a very poor background. I've been working since I was 13 years old because my family had no money. Um, And I had a very wealthy upbringing and it wasn't until that age that my family went bankrupt and suddenly went from ultra privilege to poor white trash overnight. And so I think maybe that has helped shape my view because I've seen the desolation that can happen when you suddenly switch resource availability tiers, I guess is the only (laughs) way I can think of. 
but the Libertarian Party doesn't care. They don't want a social safety net. If you have a problem and you fall, you should just die. Yeah. It is your fault. And again, only people who are assured not to fall and die believe that. The only person yeah. who thinks it's a good idea to jump off the cliff is the guy with the parachute. Yeah. And that's the Libertarian Party in a nutshell. So the next platform to really... Uh, you know, libertarians aside, let, let's talk about who could possibly be worse than that. Uh, well, the Republican Party, which has gone from the conservative party to the white nationalist party very to rapidly. To the We Love Trump Party is what it really is. Which, same which thing. is the same thing. Yeah. And, and again, the, this is going to be an easier bit. Like we talked a lot about libertarians. Not a whole lot to deep dive into this. You want to know why? Republican Party hasn't had an official platform since 2016. They don't have one now. It's literally just a long ass sucking of Trump's dick. The entire platform is one page. It's hilarious. Uh, their their newest one, you know, they had their resolution regarding it, and it literally just says, you know, the Republican Party has and will continue to enthusiastically support the president's America First agenda. the The twenty twenty national convention will adjourn without adopting a new platform until the twenty twenty four Republican National Convention. Like it's just the entire thing was just support Donald Trump and America first, and that's all that matters. And for context, the twenty sixteen Republican platform was sixty two pages. I've got the PDF right here. You can still download it. So I'm sorry, sixty six pages. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I show 67, but okay. No, yeah, well, it's 67 pages because 66 <laughs> of it is the 2016 Republican platform. I think we all download the same PDF, actually. Yeah. And then there's a page on top of it, which was the 2020 resolution. Oh, pardon of me. You're also right. Trump. I, I apologize. They changed nothing else, <laughs> and that's what it came down to. And again, this is they've become the fascist party, just, just like you said, Well, or the Donald Trump party. Well, you know, the I Love Hitler party is the same as the Nazi party. It's the exact same thing. And to anybody listening, that is not hyperbole. The Republican Party are fucking nationalists. Yeah. No, it, it, they are fascist. They've done it. crazy. They, I was just reading this. Yeah. yeah. Resolution regarding the Republican Party platform. Whereas the RNC enthusiastically supports President Trump and yep. continues to reject the policies, positions of Obama-Biden administration, as well as those espoused by the Democratic National Committee today, therefore, be it. Yeah, that, that really is all it is. The entire thing was <laughs> Trump is good, Obama bad. Remember how you didn't like the black guy? Keep it up. Moving on. That, that was the Republican Party platform. It, it says nothing about... Biden, it says nothing about what they actually want to do. It says we just support President Trump and everything he does, essentially. And and that's kind of that's why it. I just don't take conservatives seriously anymore. If, if you're voting, I don't mean to generalize, but the moment you tell me you're a Republican, it's like, okay, I'm supposed to respect you now. Like, And most of them brag about it. They think it's the greatest thing they've ever done. I just roll my fucking eyes. I yeah. If, if you tell me you're Republican, I, I literally check out. I don't want to talk to you because obviously you don't give a shit about anything <laughs> at all other than 2020 election was stolen from us. Yeah. No, and, you, and you might ask yourself, why is that, right? Like, how is that even fucking possible? And that's because, again, this comes down to white rage. This comes down to privileged white people who blame their ills on anything liberal, socialism, whatever. Again, this is why I say they are nationalists, because it's what they are. They are ultra-nationalists. They worship the flag in Christ. That is what they care about. 
And the leaders of the GOP have gotten so good at their propaganda that they have convinced struggling white people, again, that people of color are the problem and that Muslims are the problem and gay people are the problem. And don't you remember those times we used to have and we need to go back to the golden age? That's the viewpoint. It's this Pollyannic, ignorant of history bullshit. Um, and this is how nationalists and fascists come to power. It is always this way. This is how fascism rises, is this view of we need to bring back glory. We need to make Germany great again. This is how it happens. It's how it happens every time. And it doesn't take a majority. Remember, Hitler didn't win a single election. He was not nationally popular. It just takes enough fanatics to push it through. And that's a that's a that's a token piece of you know advice for leftists as well. Revolutions happen right and left without the majority support because the majority of people are centrists. You will never, ever have majority support for a revolution in either direction. Most people want to be left the fuck alone and they want to sit at home and watch TV, which I get it. We're all just monkeys trying to survive and the world is terrible and dark and scary and filled with anxiety and awfulness. Like I get that want to just fucking fuck it all and just, and just insulate because the world is terrifying, but that's why major systematic change doesn't occur. And in a place, you know, in places that are like Western Europe, where again, we're talking about places of massive privilege and they have the privilege to make incremental change and do things correctly because they've completely bled uh, the third world dry of resources. But besides raping the planet for their own couches, they're at least making incremental change to try to be correct. Whereas in the United States, we don't even try to do that. People just want everything to remain the same. And the Republican Party has capitalized on that. They they expect everyone to want to, and the Democratic Party and Republicans have capitalized on that for a long time. Um, but the Republican Party has shifted and it has now become a fascist uh, dystopian party. And it's gotten real fucking scary. And they have decided that they are just going to go down this Trump train as long as they can. And they're going to pursue it with all their might because a vocal minority, not even a minority, a vocal half of them think it's a great idea. And they think they're going to win elections this way. With that said, Dems, the Democratic Party platform isn't a whole lot different. No, it's Trump's bad. And that's the thing, like they use much more friendly, flowery terms, but like part of their platform is healing the soul of America. How how the fuck does that mean? What does that even mean? How do you heal the soul of America besides giving reparations? Well, just that's just it. It's like, how is that any different than make America great again? They've been touting that line forever. It's it's this idea of build back better. Yeah. Does that mean something? Those are words. Restoring and strengthening our democracy, (laughs) you know, providing a world-class education in every code. And again, by the way, one credit to Biden. Yes, he did. He's come out with a proposal that will extend public education by four years, two years pre-kindergarten and two years in in community college. Still no student loan forgiveness, which he campaigned on, getting a lot of stuff he didn't campaign on, none of the stuff he did. You could put things like, Good education for children and restoring the soul of America and strengthening democracy. You could put those statements on a GOP platform and they would fit. Exactly. They are that generic and, yep. and, and apple pie bullshit. 
That's well, all. Let it me is. just read it. Here's the cliff notes. So again, so the first one is protecting Americans and recovering from COVID COVID nineteen yeah. pandemic. I don't think Republicans would even put that on their platform. But no, but they would say building a stronger, a stronger fair, fair economy. economy. Yep, <laughs> achieving universal, affordable, quality health care. Again, they there's a difference. Yeah, there is. But hold on, real quick. All the Republicans would say are achieving universal and affordable access to quality Ac- health care. Yeah, that, that would be access. They would just add the word access. Yep. Protecting communities and building trust by reforming our criminal justice They system. would just say in strengthening our criminal justice system. Yep. Uh, we got healing the soul of America, combating the climate crisis and pursuing environmental justice. They'd tweak that to be something about allowing businesses to help uh, innovate and, 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 you know, solutions for the environment. Some weird thing about putting it on the shoulders of like big business. They would they would say we would we would remove government restriction and make energy available to all. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and then we've got restoring and strengthening our democracy. Um, they would just replace that with make America great again, or restoring and strengthening democracy. Remember, that's the thing is the Republican Party is touting this line that the election was stolen, and they are the saviors of democracy. Yeah, yeah. Creating a twenty first century immigration system again, no change. No Republicans change. would put that there. Yep, cages regardless. Providing world-class education in every zip code. Again, for Republicans, just by allowing choice or encouraging yeah, choice. You know? Exactly. And, and then oh, renew, yeah. renewing, renewing American, American leadership. leadership. Like, I mean, take all these lines, make a tweak or two to some. Or in fact, the ones that you want to tweak, just leave them out. 75% of this thing could easily fit on the Republicans. And, Absolutely. And, and, and that's why this is such a joke. Because it's literally they're using the same lines and the same bullshit quips to just tell everyone that they're not the other guy, you know? And that is all it is. It is just a pointing at the other side. And they can't, that's the thing is they can't exist without the other. And that is why they fight against any third party or any kind of parliamentary system. Because at the end of the day, the GOP and DNC serve the exact same masters of finance. And they don't want a third party getting in there. They they go back and forth. They are left and right legs of the same banking body. That is all they are. Look at Joe McGinn. You don't have to go any further. What happened? We had Trump who basically pretended COVID didn't exist for two reasons. A, he's a chump who can't accept a failure. Uh, which, again, is such a weird thing to me because, like, Trump could have guaranteed his reelection. COVID actually could have been the thing that brought him back because oh, there easily. is a rally around the leader effect. And all he would have had to be like is COVID's terrible. The Chinese are fucking coming for us and I'm going to save us. I'm putting Project Warp Speed through and I'm going to get us a vaccine. He could have easily just been like pro vaccine and he could have put a poster of himself on every street corner and he would have instantly been the fucking hero and reelectable. Yep. You know? And so that is, that is the the stupid mistake he made, but Trump aside, both parties have a vested interest in keeping this status quo because at the end of the day, they are both centrist parties. And what's happening is the right wing is falling into ultra right wing. And that's going to be the only thing that could be their downfall. And who's going to pick up the pieces. We don't have an actual conservative party. We now have a nationalist party. And we have a libertarian party and, and both of them, you know, are pro-slavery. So I don't know what the fuck to do with that. And then you, who's going to save us? The Democratic Party? Build back better. We're going to have Joe Biden. I mean, do you remember when uh, all of us uh, commies and leftists said that when Joe Biden wins the election, that kids are going to go right back in cages? Nothing's going to change. And that happened. And nobody fucking cares. 
Like everything I predicted about Biden's presidency, by the way, has come true. Everyone left the streets. Everyone stopped giving a shit. People completely stopped caring or at least being motivated to force change through action, not bitching about it on Twitter. And nothing is happening now. We are we are going back to brunch. Nobody fucking cares. And the country is completely falling apart. And Joe Biden's off causing war in the Middle East. I mean, he announced today this beautiful quote. It was from CNN where he talks about the pulling out of Afghanistan. Uh, yeah, Biden said the most hypocritical statement possible. I mean, this sounds like it would come from Trump. He's, when he was talking about the pullout of Afghanistan, that by August 31st, we're all leaving. And then he wrote, it's up to the Afghan people alone to decide their future. What? Yes, it's up to the Afghan people alone to decide their future. Well, that would have been a great statement before we invaded them. Now, we are the people who invade sovereign nations, destroy their governments, rebuild the one we want, and then leave and say, well, it's all up to you, and only you can be masters of your own destiny. That's the trash we're doing. It's no different. Biden is one of the largest failures in American history. The thing about Trump is, is he worse? Sure, but at least he was obvious about it. We've got Trump, we got Diet Trump now in office, and everyone's fucking patting themselves on the back for electing him. And that's the Democratic Party. That's their platform, is they fuck you the exact same way and go, well, at least a Republican didn't fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. Doesn't matter, you're getting fucked one way or the other. Hey, I got fucked by a blue dick, not a red <laughs> one. I would prefer not to get fucked, thank you. Well, get your visa in order. Is it just three guys ranting and raving with no real point behind it? Yes. Sometimes. A little yeah. bit. Often. Yeah. But but there is a point. And, and one of the things I want to illustrate is the reason we go through these things with everyone is not just so we can bitch and moan about the parties. It's that we can communicate an idea. And this idea is that we need everyone to wake up and realize that it is nobody's interest to blindly follow a political party. You need to learn in depth what they stand for. And then you need to learn what their representatives stand for, because it's not always going to be the same thing. Okay. A, a less, you know, bad example of this is like Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders runs as a Democrat really is not in line with most of what the democratic party wants. No, he runs as a Democrat because he needs the he Democrats. ran for president as a Democrat. He is an independent as a senator. But my point holds true. It's that you need to be informed. You need to yeah. be aware of what each party stands for. You need to be what, aware of what everyone running on that party stands for. And that's why we wanted to do this topic, specifically so that we could encourage that message. Hopefully, by breaking this down in a more simplistic you know, hour or two for you guys, you're able to realize, hey, maybe I should take a deep dive into it and do it. Spend an hour, spend two hours, learn what each party represents, find one that speaks to you. Even if you disagree with us, I would rather you disagree with us and follow a party that actually is your voice than just blindly, blindly checking off an R or a D. That is one way we can actually start affecting change. Take the power out of the parties. And that's what I'm really hoping. I've been saying this election after election is this vote blue, no matter who bullshit that we're fed is crap. I tell people don't vote against a party. Vote like it actually matters. Vote like you're in a democracy, even though you're not. That's it. Pretend for one minute that you're voting in a democracy and you can actually vote your conscience and stop being like, well, I'm afraid of this asshole, so I'll vote for this. Don't vote for an asshole. 
if everyone just stops voting for an asshole, we solve the problem. And anybody who says, well, we got to get Trump out of office. That's what they said about George Bush. That's what they said about fucking everyone. That's what they said about Bush Sr. And what do we get? We got Clinton. We got the three strikes law. They said that about a Bush Jr. And what do we get? We got Obama telling us not to worry about purity tests. He gave us Joe Biden. They said that about Trump. And what do we got? We got a guy who still puts kids in cages, still bombs countries out of the blue, and is still a rapist. I mean, and, and, and doesn't care about debt and tells people to put their children in schools and fuck them, let them die. I mean, this isn't now. Joe Biden was saying while well, the pandemic was still raging at its hardest to put kids back in schools and get people back to work because he cares about the same fucking GDP line that Trump did. It's the same people. And what we need is to stop voting for them. Vote your conscience. And if you really look at Joe Biden and go, that steely-eyed, sleepy man is the guy I really want, go for it. Then I can support you. But the thing is, the only reason Joe Biden won that election is because he was running against Donald Trump. That's why he won, because he ran against Trump. People didn't vote for Biden. People voted against Trump. And that's a shitty reason to vote for a candidate. And it's why we keep having this cycle. Have you noticed every time we go through the cycle, it gets worse? You think the Republicans are going to put someone up great next time? Hmm? You think you think AOC is going to be the next Republican candidate? It's going to keep getting worse. They're circling the fucking drain. And as long as you keep playing this bullshit two-party game, you're going to keep getting bullshit two-party candidates. And it's never going to improve. That's our message. And that's why we're doing this. Is You need to recognize that these are different parties with vastly different ideologies, with the exception of the Democratic and Republican parties. Who are, there are no two parties more alike than the DNC and the GOP. And that should terrify you. And it should wake you up, and it should make sure you stop voting for them. You know who I do vote for, though? Who's that? Our listeners. Every time. Every time. You guys are eight kinds of awesome. Why eight? Because that's the number that came into my head. It's a good reason. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of which, we've got two shout outs all tied to one thing. Now, I said last episode that I was going to put a poll out there to see what everybody thought of Chris's history lessons. And uh, oh, did you actually do that? I actually did that. <laughs> overwhelming, Twitter feed in like 100, a month. overwhelming 100 percent, 100 percent all vote in favor of it. They think they're great. We got two comments from uh, longtime listeners. I love them. I think they're great. Uh, first one from our friend, we actually gave her a shout out. I think it was like last week or late week before because she gave us a uh, uh, a review on iTunes. It was uh, Chaotic Socialist, a.k.a. Mm. Jacqueline. I love that uh, name. She absolutely likes them. She just wanted to reinforce that and give us a shout out on Twitter. And then the other one is, I love her so much. She's amazing, is Jersey Girl 782 She says, I absolutely love them. I especially love the deep dive in your religion slash politics episode. Spending way too much of my life Catholic. I'm not totally clueless about a lot of the history, but there were so many issues and info touched on during that episode that I learned quite a bit more than I thought I would, I would when I started the episode. That's just one example. So please keep giving us your history deep dives, Chris. They're fantastic. Kay and I agree. Our listeners agree. True. Th those are not going anywhere. We are going to let Chris stop. If I have to chain him to a desk and make him study the way we chain K to a desk and make him edit, we're going to do it. <laughs> Sounds good. So well, y'all are wonderful. And get I back in your you. fucking cave and start doing some work. <laughs> Fair enough. K, you get a meal this week. Ooh, it's only soup, though. Soup for my family.
Well, that's the best kind of soup. But anyway, we digress. Uh, thank you everyone for responding to us each week. Uh, once again, if you guys want to send us anything, that's the outleft podcast at gmail.com. You can absolutely message me, message Chris, message Kay, anything you guys want to touch on, anything you want to ask us, feel free to do it. And then don't forget, once we hit those 50 reviews on iTunes, we are absolutely going to let you guys pick the episode. And if we're feeling froggy, we might even let you guys pick us some bonus content to do later in that week. I don't know. We haven't gotten there yet. You got to vote us up and uh, give us those reviews to find out. I'll do you one better. If everyone does the 50 votes, not only do you pick the episode, but I'll shave my head. <laughs> and you know what? Kay will do it too, guys. Yep. Kay, and, Kay and Chris I, I will. will shave their heads. I will also shave my head, yeah. <laughs> Done. So sayeth we at the end of this episode 32. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for being with us. We love you to fucking pieces. And thank you for staying awake through my lectures. You're amazing. Uh, and we will see you here next week. Remember to keep your eyes open and stop giving a shit about these two parties. And especially, number one, keep listening to the all left. So until next week, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And remember, the revolution is yours.